listening to the Carrero Podcast. I am Malia Hoffman, and I'm here with Fred Ramirez. Today, our guest is Marie Tuell. She is a holder of a BA in English Language and Literature and has been the English teacher in Lebanon for 14 years, 13 of which were in a Christian school called Nazarene Evangelical School. She has taught grades 6 through 9 and says they were the best years of her life. She is currently a substitute teacher in Canada now, working on getting her teacher's license in Quebec. She believes in making learning fun and creating hands-on project-based lessons. All right, Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. So you've moved from teaching in Lebanon to Quebec. Share with us your experiences in these two countries and how they might be similar or different. Uh, Well, yeah, we moved uh, two years ago in June 2018, and uh, I tried, you know, to to find out the ways in which I can have a teaching permit in Quebec because, you know, it's, it's different here. Uh, they need other credentials so I can start uh, teaching. But luckily for me, I could land a substitute teaching job, which kind of kept me in the education world so I wouldn't have to find another job that wasn't me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still like... About my substitute work, you know, it's every day, it's a different class, sometimes on the same day, different classes. Uh, What I saw different is that in Lebanon, you know, we start, uh, kids go to school at three years old. They start, you know, learning. Here it's at five years old. So before they are in daycare, they're still like learning through games Mm -hmm. and fun. In Lebanon, it's a little bit more serious at at a younger age. So at three years old, they go to school, they get disciplined. And at four or five, they are already writing their names, writing words. So I I, I thought that was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And in Lebanon, it's it's a little bit uh, more uh, uh, heavy on the child. Uh, A lot of subjects. It's it's a schedule that has to, you know, be given. Mm -hmm. It's a curriculum that has to be given to the child. Here, I noticed things are a little bit more laid back. You know, we understand the child's, you know, psychological makeup, uh, where he is at the stages of development. Uh, The teachers are a little bit more laid back. They have more freedom in terms of how they can um, give the subject, the material. I cannot really find a difference because in Lebanon, I was a teacher uh, in one school for all my career, which was like 13 years. And luckily for me, the school I was in gave me a lot of freedom give me uh, the chance to be laid back, to choose what I should give my students depending on their level, you know, what interests them. Uh, here, I, I the, the problem is I'm a very emotional person. I'm a more of a human contact. So mm-hmm. for me, the difference, that was taken away from me uh, because in Lebanon, I had a personal relationship with my students. I saw them every day and I taught them for four years straight. So wow. it was from grade six to grade nine. Mm. And they are the same students that are going with me from one level to, to the other. Here, I go to like a different class. There are different people. I don't know their background. So it's just, I, I pick yeah. it up as, I wing it. I mm-hmm. pick it up as it comes. Uh, sometimes, you know, a substitute teacher is a blessing, depending mm-hmm. on who their real teacher is. Yeah. Sometimes it's an opportunity, you know, to... Uh, get their revenge of teachers. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is good for me in, in Quebec because I learned how to approach people I do not know, mm. how to approach students yeah. that, that are still strangers to me. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So I think that that's the difference. And most importantly, uh, that gives me a strength of character I didn't know I had because I left my comfort zone, you know, my school, my students, my fellow teachers. Here, it's like, imagine you're meeting new people every day, a new administration, new yeah. teachers. And, yeah. and it gets intimidating. Mm-hmm. It does. So you have to, like, put on this, like, facial expression of, like, I'm strong enough, but inside you would be dreading entering a class of teenagers who hate you before they meet you. Right. <laughs> we have yeah. a sub today. Oh, okay. The clown is just here. They're like, you know? challenge accepted. I'm about to give her a run for her money. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thankful that I have gained a little bit of, you know, uh, experience in my life that mm-hmm. I can, you know, like cushion everything mm-hmm. that is happening. You know, I can yeah. have fun with them. I can try to make up a session that I do not look as horrible as they might <laughs> think I am. <laughs> I really like your perspective on it because, yeah, I mean, most teachers who get started feel like, okay, I'm just kind of checking a box and getting some experience until something opens up. But I like how you use it like, okay, this is something that I feel like I could, an area for growth and I'm going to take it as an opportunity to feel more confident and comfortable meeting strangers and all of that. So that's, that's great. You know, the process of immigration crushes you sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it it, it is a crushing thing, especially Mm -hmm. if you're coming with a family, you're not alone and you have to adapt to to the situations of others before you. Yeah. So I have my girls, I have Mm -hmm. to like, make sure they're fine, they're well-adjusted. And Mm -hmm. so thinking about, because now I'm thinking about um, getting my credentials so I can be a permanent teacher because that's that's who I am. I cannot understand, I cannot imagine myself doing something else. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, so I hope I'm going to get it, you know, but sometimes, you know, some priorities take place. COVID now, unfortunately, like postponed a lot of things for us. Right. Um, can Can you talk about the about the um, cultural differences you know how how was it for 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 you as a um as an adult with kids coming in um what was it so because here i kind of have this stereotype of canadians of oh my gosh they're they're so loving they're you know they're always giving and so i'm, I'm thinking Immigrating there may be easier than immigrating to maybe another place. So, so can you, so, so yeah. can you share with us about about that? Of course, uh, I was a lot of like I was apprehensive about moving to a new culture, even even a country that has a similar culture to mine. That would be intimidating. And I've always, you know, when I was in Lebanon, these are the jokes, the memes on internet, like like Canadians always apologize they're nice they're Mm -hmm. they're sweet and of course in everywhere you go there are the two kinds of people some are very kind others are also like scared of you so far I've been in Canada for two years I haven't been in any situation where I was not welcome well you know even in my school um, uh, substitute positions I was afraid that I was, you know, when, once they see me, they know I'm an immigrant, you know, they would have this, like, little bit of a, a jolt. They didn't. Uh, as for the culture, it's all different, you know, in Lebanon. Maybe because I see it from an emotional point of view. Like, in Lebanon, this is my country. I know every nook and cranny in it. I, this is my home. Mm-hmm. To come to a place where everybody is different, although they, like, there's a, like, 
multiculturalism at its best in, in Canada. Like you, yeah. like you see Canadians, like born Canadians, and you see a lot of other nationalities. So uh, I think they learned to accept others. And I and I repeat, like until now, I haven't been in a situation where I haven't met kind mm-hmm. Canadians, if you will. So, uh, but it's a cultural shock. Some people like take it better than others. For my kids, they were fine, uh, maybe because there wasn't any language barrier, you know, because some people come to Quebec, they don't know French, so it might yeah. become very difficult for them. Uh, here, they, they, they speak both languages, but French, you know, is, is the main language, the official language. So because we are like bilingual, trilingual with the Arabic, uh, so with my kids as well, they know French, we did not have like did not come like crash into a place where it, we did not belong mm-hmm. so it came easier for us than others wow you know? and we've done a lot of research when we're in lebanon like uh, there's nothing about canada i haven't read when i was <laughs> preparing my file for immigration mm-hmm. that kind of drew it close to me like okay it's canada it is a stranger but it might not be an unwanted stranger for me you know that's um a really interesting perspective. And I think a lot of people don't understand, especially Americans, um, that immigration process and how grueling it is and how scary it is. And just culture shock alone. And like you're saying, you even have some similarities. You speak the language. Like, um, it's just, it's a lot for a person and also Mm -hmm. a family. And then not only that, but you are, you're trying to find work. (laughs) Um, Luckily, I mean, luckily you are a teacher and educator and that's something across all cultures and all, all countries. So that's a nice thing that can easily be transferred. Although each, even in the United States, moving from Mm -hmm. California to Wisconsin is not a pure transition to teaching. So it's certainly a challenge, but, um, I like that you are, you're subbing. So you're really getting to know the difference in the teaching and stuff. And I think that'll probably put you ahead of the game a little bit when it comes to landing a, uh, yeah, full-time job, but you, you've done this pay it forward unit. Can Mm. you tell us about it? And then, um, like how you came up with it? Yeah. Um, in Lebanon, um, I already told you, I have a very close relationship with my students. They are, they are the, the teenagers you would love having around. <laughs> uh, so I remember in 2000, I think, something, 2001, I watched a movie, mm-hmm. Paid Forward, or yep. Kevin Spacey. And I loved it. Oh. And I was, yeah, and I was like, okay. So I have always wanted to be a non-traditional teacher. I'm not someone who walks in with the book and there you go. That's the chapter, that's the lesson, and there you go. So I always come up with a little bit like more fun things because I know the students after a math period or a science, which can be dry, not saying that they are dry subjects, but they might be, you know, once English time comes, it's nice if the students can, you know, express themselves. So I uh, suggested uh, the movie to my students and I told them, okay, why, why don't we watch it? And we can discuss it later on. So I put the movie, they enjoyed it. And, I did not uh, expect that our discussion moved for like the whole week and we were discussing the movie, we would pause on our studies and then they would have questions. And I told them and I said, how about we do something like that? And they kind of like, they were apprehensive a little bit, like how, how can we 
pay it forward? What can we do? So I gave them like the small tasks. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you find someone needing help crossing the street, you can, you know, without sounding like too invasive, you can ask to help, (laughs) you know. If your parents are repainting the house, you can, you know, chip in, you can. And I I asked them to keep a journal about it so we can discuss what they did. And they did. Some of them took it as a, as an opportunity to write, like free writing. Uh, and that helped us in writing as well, because uh, they would write what they're doing, what was the help about. Uh, some people actually did something amazing. Some people went to less fortunate people's homes and they offered them food. They offered them clothes, you know. And when I saw this, like it's, it's, it snowballed, you know, and I did it. With all my classes, which is grade six to through nine, each one, you know, according to his level, to his, you know, ability. And after that, it kind of grew and everyone, you know, started telling their sisters and brothers to do the same. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was, it, it snowballed and it was amazing. And for me as a teacher, yeah. I got the best of both worlds. You know, I got the English part done. Mm-hmm. They were um, telling me orally like a presentation, what they did. So that was good. And they wrote it, which was a plus for me. So for those who are weak in writing, they did not feel judged for their, you know, grammar mistakes and structure. And and, and from that point, from just a movie, you know, we, we, we did the project over a course of, I remember maybe three, four months. And that was amazing. And they had fun and I was happy and it was good. And I'm sure that was like a lifelong impact for them too. And they're probably yeah. still doing similar things today, I would think. That's a good way to spread I kindness so. amongst the world. I love that. Well, and, and can you can you share if you if if you know how how their parents reacted to it, to this unit? Uh, well, in the times when we have to give them their uh, their notes, you know, their report cards, and I have, you know parents coming and asking about their their kids and I heard and I and I, they talked to me they told me wow that, that's a, a good thing my son or my daughter are busy you know trying to help someone is that really what you asked because they're not really <laughs> co- concentrating on the lesson on the grammar book that you gave but yeah. they're like busy and I had to explain to the teachers yeah don't be alarmed that's what I asked so if you mm-hmm. see your son trying to do something outside the book it is something that I ask mm-hmm. because, you know, some people, you know, are, are like they're not used to having maybe something, yep. you know, so I had to. And then they liked it. They liked the fact that their kids are helping more around the house. Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine they so wouldn't like of, that. <laughs> yeah. So it was good. It was mm-hmm. good. It was positive. Mm-hmm. Overall, it was positive. Yeah. Um, you also shared with us your supermarket unit. Mm. Um, share share that because that that sounded really interesting as well. Well, I love food. Ditto, <laughs> 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 and we love Lebanese. Mm-hmm. There you go. And uh, the thing is, also in, in Lebanon, in the school where I was teaching, uh, and I remember it fondly, and I'm still in contact with everyone till now. Uh, we have a lot of refugees as well, a lot of people from different uh, nationalities, from usually from poorer parts of, of the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, <clears throat> I was teaching grammar, and one of the lessons was about count, non-count nouns and 
all that, the units of measurement. And it is a fun lesson, but I thought about how can I make it a little bit more, more fun. So I suggested and I told them, how about you choose a recipe from your own country or from, if you're Lebanese, from Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Something easy, something that doesn't cost much and, you know, something that you might have the ingredients at home if you do. If not, go to the supermarket. I need you to record yourself buying the mm -hmm. stuff and telling me while you're buying, if you're buying sugar, let's say, tell me how many, you know, tablespoons of sugar you're going to need in your recipe, how many, I don't know, loaves of bread, you know, I, I focused on the units of measurement because that was our lesson. Yeah. So bring them, buy them, and then go home and record yourself making that food, even if it's just a toast with, you know, butter or anything. But I just need you to express yourself, use proper English, try to do it. Mm. And at first I did it, you know, it wasn't an obligatory work for all of them. I told them if yeah. you want like extra credit. And I was amazed that all the class did it and they had fun, you know, and then after a couple of days when everything was done, they brought back their video to the class and they showed us like every day I would have two, three presentations and I would see them having fun in the supermarket, you know, making these uh, mistakes and, and laughing and, you know, running into strangers and the strangers were, you know, surprised. What are these teenagers doing? So overall, and then they came home and they cooked something. Some people, and that was a window that I kept open, some, some students did not want to record in their house for many reasons. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't have space, maybe too crowded, you know. And I told them, it's okay, you come to class and we go to the playground and I will record you. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, yeah, something that doesn't need an oven, maybe a salad, maybe a fruit salad, whatever you choose. And you'll get the same credit, you know, as the others. And that's a couple of students did. They brought the ingredients. On my break time, I went down with them and we recorded. We had fun. And they learned the units of measurements. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a, that's a, I, I was just thinking about the, uh, that's a really good way, simple way to actually learn a second, um, a second language. Because um, mm -hmm. it's, it's basic, but it's, but it's hands-on. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're so they're not only learning the um, units of measurement in a second language, but they're also learning how to say sugar or yes. potato or so it's so it's really basic and and what a what a really great really great way for any any teacher to say hey yeah here's this one thing that you know you could do but I want you to choose a language that you're interested in that you don't already know yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it was fun for them rather mm -hmm. than just memorizing a list of words. Right. You know, yeah. put them in a sentence, use them on an everyday life. That's what you're going to do yeah. when you have a job. You're going to use English. You're going to use like everyday life words. Mm -hmm. So it was fun for them as it was for me as well. I enjoyed it. So you stated earlier that you um, have been preferred non-traditional teaching methods and mm. um, that's your teaching style. What inspired you to become a teacher first of all and then what inspired you to teach in this way uh i remember ever ever since i can remember i wanted to be a teacher you know ever since i was small you know the usual answer the typical answer that usually kids i want to be a teacher so that's what i used to say but as i grew older you know i i found out that i love english 
And even I was like in a French educated school all my life, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was reading English and I was, you know, trying to, do, to write in English. And I love to talk as well, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. I'm a talkative person. You're in good so. company. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I love interaction. I hold it with people. I cannot, I cannot uh, see myself sitting behind a desk, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing paperwork. I, I can't. It's a beautiful job for someone else, but for me, I couldn't. So I needed to have interaction. And I've always had this need, if you want, to be a catalyst in someone's life, like changing someone's life Mm -hmm. and doing something, not maybe change, a whole change, but have an impact and hopefully a positive impact. So as I chose my major, which was English literature, and I was and I found myself in it, you know, all this literature, all the classics and I love uh, and I got my first job as a teacher. I was like, okay, yes, that is what I want to do. You know, to be in a class full of you know hungry eyes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, waiting to see what you're gonna what you're gonna say, what you're gonna do, your ideas. Uh, and I was excited to know whether I can get through to them because it is hard, especially at a certain age group when they're refusing any kind of uh, uh, interaction with adults. You know, yeah. so especially with teachers. So it wasn't like a challenge for me to find the most trouble makers you know the mm-hmm. biggest troublemakers and to befriend them and i'm still in contact with them until now oh, after good. 15 years wow. even now they have their own families and and we just check on each other and that's a rewarding thing for me mm-hmm. you know i get my reward if not daily on a weekly basis when i'm still talking to my you know former students and they're like grown gentlemen and ladies now and i think yes i did i did choose mm-hmm. probably the the good career, the right career for me. So yeah, just make a change in anyone's life. That I love would be it. Good. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm thinking, being a substitute probably isn't what you really. That, I'm Definitely sure. not. <laughs> it was a slap in the face. Let me just be brutally honest. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are not, um, when you're not acknowledged according to your own credentials, yeah. you know, I've spent like 13, 14 years of my life even in the educational world in Lebanon. And all these are muted now, you know, like, yep. no, that's not what we need. All your previous experience is not, uh, I don't know, uh, it's not related to what we want you to do. So put these yeah. on hold and come in and learn something else and get a new uh diploma or certificate and I do understand that perfectly you know I do understand that but to me personally it was a slap across the face because okay I admit okay I might not have 30 years of experience in teaching but I do have some yeah and from this uh warm environment where I was uh familiarity uh family life in, in the school where I was coming to a place where you're just a number Mm-hmm. I'm a substitute teacher. Yes, I'm respected. I'm given my my dues. I'm I'm I don't know. I'm I'm seen, mm-hmm. but not the way that I would like to. Right. I my 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 passion is to come to a class and I can say, Hey, how are you? How was your day yesterday? Yeah. You know, not like hello. My name is. Yes. You know, every yeah. day. So yeah. that was a little bit of a drawback for me. But hey, I mean. When you immigrate, you gotta be ready for anything that goes into your way. You know, so so tell us about what the 
credential process is for for you just you know just you know just to give all of our listeners kind of a sneak peek well all i have to do is register in a university i have a couple of on my list where i have to go through i think if i'm not mistaken a two year course so i can get my teaching uh, diploma it's a two year process wow so that's why maybe i am internally unconsciously like mm-hmm. postponing because right now having kids having a 10 year old you know who goes to school and i have a husband who goes to work i have another one in daycare someone needs to be a little bit more free in their time so we can you know so we can juggle all this life so and i was in, I intended to start this fall but because of covid now i'm trying to find a way to do it online at least start you know but also to be also honest i love to read i love everything but i'm kind of scared a little bit to go into that studying period it's not a session of six months let's say it's a two year yeah. period so yeah. for a married woman with kids it might take a toll on me mm-hmm. so i will do it yeah mind you i will do it <laughs> but i'm a little bit scared intimidated right now and trying to postpone it between myself and i you know uh, i'm trying to give excuses my husband needs this my kids needs that mm-hmm. they need that so but on the long run i will do the two years it's, it's nothing i've been in canada for two years now go figure yeah. see so two years can pass yep yeah but it's not yeah. something i'm running heads on to mm-hmm. you know yeah and i think you if know, you think oh, about it in the way where you are like i'm just going to take one class now and then just do it mm-hmm. you know semester take it semester by semester i'm not sure if it's one class but you know semester by yeah. semester and You're right yes it i comes thought about it, yeah. yeah take a break but I'm wondering, do they need you to do student teaching again? Is that why it's so long? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, I think so. Yes, yes, yeah. there are certain uh, peer, uh, numbers of number of hours mm. I need to do. So I'm trying to do them now as a substitute teacher because oh. they are counted, you know. So I can at least okay keep myself in in the school world, mm-hmm. get my hours as well, or some of them. Yep. And then when I'm a little bit more established, because I'm still getting to know the country. It's a beautiful country, but it's a lot to get used to. Yeah. And and I have smaller people in the house mm-hmm. who need to adjust as well. So whenever I try to like focus on myself, there's something, mm-hmm. you know, going on on the other side. But it's on my um, future plan. Yeah. List of things. Yes. That's good. So with COVID right now, schools are still out in Canada? Yes. Yeah, and so you're not able to substitute teach. No. You know, it's kind of interesting, though, because although teachers are working from home and teaching from home, there are probably are days where they probably need a substitute teacher. I know, I know, yeah. Or at least, like, assistance, you know, like aides or, like, just to do breakout groups or to help with planning or grading or feedback or tutoring you know what I mean like I just feel like sure. just because they're they don't need to physically be somewhere they probably still mentally need a break of course and of course. Yes. probably more so now than ever so I feel like substitute teaching in an online um, environment is still a need although they're it's not being used true yeah. true uh, for them now they're doing the zoom sessions with the with the students I know from my own daughter mm-hmm. you know and I see and I clearly see the work that's been put for this you know it's not a it's not a walk in the park for the teachers even with while well, they're staying home 
you know, I see the amount of preparation and they're not used to that as well. Like, no. This is something uh, very shocking, very uh, uh, fast, very uh, uh, like it, it's a total change of how they teach and to come and expect them, you know, to be like head on and, and give all this preparation and they're doing it. And I have utmost appreciation for such a, a short notice change. But unfortunately for substitute teachers, that's it. You only substitute in a class. Yeah. yeah. So maybe one day this will change. And let's hope we don't have to see that change and that COVID, you know, yeah. ends very soon. So life can go back to normal because life now is just on freeze. You know, and that's, um, again, one of the things that, that I've been thinking about, um, the optimist side of me has always been telling people that, you know, maybe, maybe this is a good way for us to pause and to rethink how we're doing teaching and education and stuff. Have you, have you thought about maybe with all that's going on, maybe you could go back to school and in those two years, learn something new, maybe Mm -hmm. be a tech specialist with it, you know, or maybe a curriculum specialist or, you know, something or, you know, something or so forth. Um, so have you, have, have you thought about that? I have thought about even, even a bigger change than that since it's a new beginning. And I, and I kind of, you know, deviated from this, the school, the education everything. And I said, okay, since it's a new life, how about you choose if in, like you're already gonna have to go to university. Why don't you study something new, a new skill? And and I and that and I toyed with that idea, and I loved it as long as it's something that has to do with people, you know, uh, something uh, helpful to people. I might be a social worker, you know, something. If I'm not teaching in class like I would usually, the only change I think I would make if it's something that would where I can give something from my own to someone else, you know, whether I can help them with their choice of life, a life coach, social workers, social people, it has to be people. But then again, when I think about it, there's always this weak side of you that just sneaks up on you and tells you, no, your, your comfort zone is in a class, a traditional class, forget about all that. And, and with my husband, we always talk about that. And he always encourages me. Like, he, told, he tells me, fine, do something else. You can always go back to teaching. But why don't you, like, venture into something else inside of you? And I would always tell him, yes, if I can help someone, I would. So I would go online and search for, you know, majors yeah. that I have to do. And then I told you, this um, life pops up, you know. Mm-hmm. Life just comes and puts things on hold. You know, because, um, you know, with your with your passion, I'm even thinking if you if you don't have your master's in like education or something, you know, you could you can get that and then and then go on for your doctorate and then actually teach, you know, train teachers. So he um, is he's recruiting you to be like us is what's <laughs> happening. And, what you're doing is beautiful. <laughs> yes. And we both teach an online master's program. So I feel yeah. <laughs> I feel the pressure coming. I'll be asking you questions <laughs> later on. <laughs> well, you know, I'm you know, I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, there's it's you know, it's it's tough because we we've been interviewing a lot of people like you that have this passion, that have this heart, that 
are awesome at you know what they're what they're doing for for their for their kids and I want them to teach but it's but but at the same time I'm going gosh but they need to tell others so that their message is spread out even more yeah. and, and so so they need to come to the university so that but then they're out of the class so there's this you know catch 22 but you do connect with your students differently in an online master's program than you do face-to-face. But it, I mean, it feels like you've said, you haven't imagined doing anything other than teaching. You've always wanted to since you were young. Um, That connection in the classroom is very impactful. Something that's priceless, mm -hmm. actually. It is. And, and, and one of the things that, that a lot of teachers do is with their, with their masters, um, they could, they still teach, but then, like one night out of the week, they you know teach a teacher ed class. Yeah, that's um, true. You, you know, and so and so that so that way you're you're still in your K twelve setting, but then you're also making a difference with new teachers going out there. And so and so you could you you can do both. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm. You're good at marketing, <laughs> right? So this is not a mentoring session. We're not trying to change your mind, but we are going to move. So I'm wondering, in the meantime, since you aren't able to teach, do you have any passion projects that you're working on? Uh, one of my one of the things that I have always wanted to do, but never had any free time, is writing a book. Actually. Wonderful. Tell us more. It started out, yeah. It started yes. out when I was in, in Lebanon, uh, even before I got married. That mm-hmm. was, you know, like 10, 11 years ago. And when I start writing, you know, I have to do something else. But my one of my, you know, uh, future projects is actually have a, my own blog, so I can, you know, mm-hmm. express myself as much as I would like to, and as much as for people like to hear me out <laughs> or read me uh, and actually at the end write a book that kind of talks about my not an autobiography but it has to include a lot of the things I have experienced because I experience things deeply whether it's fortunately or unfortunately that can you know be a double-edged sword so it has to come in a, in a book where it's targeted to people who would like to uh, read other people's experiences, maybe learn from them, maybe not just mm-hmm. for the fun of it. But I hope here, because in Canada, maybe it's it's a little bit easier than in Lebanon to write a book, you know, to publish it, to have, you know, uh, people who'd be interested. So I think that's one of the things Love I it. would be doing. Yeah, That's really cool. Because, you know, and I think, and I'm, I'm going to be biased. Um, when I when I was first going to be coming out to Lebanon, naturally I, I had my stereotypes as I do of Canada and England and blah, blah, blah. And when I got there, I'm like, wow, here's this, here's, you know, here's this country that's thousands of years old and everything that's been going on with it. Um, but these people, these people are beautiful. They're loving They're you know, I'm like, how how can that be when when us in the in the you know U- U.S. and we're only two hundred years old we're jaded <laughs> we're just so like uh, but then and so and so uh, yeah how why is that <laughs> why are Lebanese people just so so caring and loving and free uh, I th- well, thank you for the compliment first of all uh, I think it's uh, 
it, this, it's this closely knit uh, society where uh, ever since we we're born, we're programmed positively into caring about your extended family, uh, having to be close to them and all this close interaction with where everybody is warm, everybody cares, everybody is into everybody's business sometimes as well, positively, <laughs> you know, positively. <laughs> so uh, it's, I don't know, it's in our uh, DNA probably, I don't know. Um, and that's what makes Lebanon what it is. And, and this is sad what's happening. It's sad that people like us and, and, and others who have to leave, you know, and let go of this um how can I say, of, the, of this uh, bubble of warmth, if you want, and, and be uprooted, you know, to leave everything. And that hurts, uh, but at least, you know, it, 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 um, it soothes us because we know we came from that place and it's something to be proud of, you know, because many people sometimes uh, are ungrateful for where they came from. So for me, it's the opposite. I take pride and I say, yes, I came from this small, very small part of the world. Yeah. And unfortunately, I had to leave to have a better life for my kids, you know, but that has a special place in my heart. And I hope uh, they, they, the Lebanese people keep being as awesome as you just said, and that nothing changes them. Not, no politics, no <laughs> uprisings, nothing. So we're strong people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're resilient. I like to yes. attribute it to just wisdom. We're young and immature as a country yet, and so we don't have the wisdom that some of the. Yeah, it's, a, it's an old country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a warm place. It's a very warm place. Yes. Great. So, do you have a place that you're thinking about um, where you would like to ideally land a full time teaching job based on the subbing that you've done in the area? Uh, not much, but I've always toyed with the idea of not, not maybe staying in Quebec. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, our life in, is in Quebec now, but you know, as, as a, I would rather have uh, a school where it's the first language. English is the first language because yeah. so far I'm substituting in, in French schools. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the area where the school board I'm in. So hopefully once I'm accredited, I can, you know, land a job where I'm teaching English as the first language and in that way I can flourish as a person you know I can you know exchange ideas better with you know uh, English uh, educated students yes well maybe you should come out to California who knows (laughs) the credential you can get a credential in a year right in California yeah yeah Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm an auction. Perfect. <laughs> we just want more amazing teachers to be around yeah. us is all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, life, life is a surprise, you know, mm-hmm. like, like Forrest, uh, uh, he says like life is a box of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, life is a box of chocolate. Yes, I don't know is. what bite I'm going to have next. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the closing things that we always like, like to do is to always ask people what their one call to action is. Mm. So what is your call to action? Uh, Call me naive, but um, I think uh, that's what I teach my my daughters as well. Always leave a person you met better than when you left them. Mm. Whoever they are, whoever they are, whether they're a stranger, do not leave them worse. Do not have a bad impact on them. Do not make them feel bad. Do not make them feel uh, awful. Just leave them. Even in a minor thing, just leave people 
uh, after you leave them, leave them better than when you just met them. I love that. And that would be good. And if we all do that, I think we can be a little bit happier in life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of spreading kindness that you shared with um, your pay it forward. And it really just aligns with this as well. Um, It truly just bleeds over into your, like your philosophy on life, on people and how to treat people. It's just a really beautiful message. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you for allowing me to. Yeah. Thank you you for your time. Best of luck to you you. in your teaching endeavors. And please reach out to us if you um, have questions. But also, we would love to hear how you're doing. And if you want to have another um, podcast to jump on when you're um, in the classroom, in your own classroom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a great day, Marie. You too. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye.